Hello and welcome to No Holding Back with me, Susan Eskridge. Each week I'll have the privilege of talking with some of the biggest names from the worlds of media, politics, and law. Nothing is off the table. I'll be speaking my mind and encouraging my guests to do so as well. Today I'm joined by one of the smartest people I know. He's a mentor and a friend and somebody who understands the world of law, of politics, of media, as well as anyone I know, and that's Judge Andrew Napolitano. Andrew, thank you so much for joining me today. What's your take on what's going on in the Middle East right now? Well, let me say first, it's a pleasure to be with you, and thank you for your uh, your generous introduction. Very generous and uh, flattering. Uh, my take is what, uh, as to what's going on in the Middle East now is that Hamas uh, committed uh, some of the most horrific crimes imaginable, and now uh, the Israeli government is about to engage in collective punishment and commit war crimes uh, in return, and the situation will soon get out of hand, particularly if the United States lends military, not financial. I, I expect the U.S. to lend financial, but if the United States lends uh, military support, that's going to provoke some of uh, Israel's uh, unfriendly neighbors to uh, to do the same. You said that war crimes, do you think the Israelis are committing war crimes? Well, the, de the deliberate destruction of a neighborhood, the invasion of a civilian neighborhood is a war crime by definition. Hamas is not the government. Hamas is a, is a horrific um, a gang uh, that uh, believes in murder, torture, and, and slaughter, and they should be uh, eradicated. But the innocents among whom they live and whom they use as shields should not be. But how do you do that without... Well, I don't know how you do it. I'm not a military person. I'm just telling you what international law is and what morality uh, is. And uh, Judeo-Christian or Judeo-morality, which is the same as Judeo-Christian, uh, prohibits the intentional uh, slaughter of known innocents. It also prohibits the, the concept of collective punishment. The people that live in Gaza are not responsible for these monsters. These monsters are responsible for themselves. Uh, it's the duty of the Israelis to find them, root it out, and kill them. But how did they do that without hurting innocent civilians? I mean, in my mind, Hamas is the one that's at fault for the harm that people of Gaza are suffering. No question that they're suffering. But isn't that Hamas's fault, not Israel's? Yes, it is Hamas's fault, but it is Israel's fault if it engages in this concept of collective punishment by deliberately targeting civilian areas, which they have announced they're about to do starting tomorrow. Well, they've said they've warned people to leave these areas. There's nowhere for them to go. Egypt isn't letting them in. The rest of the Arab states in that region have not welcomed the Palestinians. Is Israel really to blame for that? Yes. Israel is responsible for the invasion of an area from which people are fleeing when there's no place to which they can uh, flee. Um, Israel is uh, warning them, but warning does not justify the concept of collective punishment. Because there's a tunnel under your house and a bad guy in the tunnel, we're going to destroy your house and anybody that's in it. There's no principle of law that would justify that. And you know it. 
See, I disagree. I I respect your opinion tremendously, but I don't know what else Israel is supposed to do. It has a right and a duty to defend itself. You've got civilians intermixed with the Hamas. How does it defend its people without hurting civilians? Well, it has um, intel on the ground. Uh, it has the most sophisticated uh, surveillance and listening devices uh, in the world. It knows where the bad guys are harbored. Uh, it has the best special forces in the world, equal to or better than ours and the British. And they must employ those tools. They must be surgical to the extent they can. Look, there's always going to be collateral damage. But this was beyond collateral damage. This is intending to uh, harm civilians and destroy the structures uh, in which they live. So let's take a, an example, uh, Professor Estrich. You're back teaching at Harvard or at USC. Was it USC? It was both. Okay. USC plays my alma mater in the, the football game of the weekend this weekend, Notre Dame, but I still love USC. Nevertheless, uh, you would say uh, there are... Uh, 15 people saying prayers uh, in a mosque and two or three of them might be uh, Hamas. Can Israel destroy the mosque? There are in another mosque, 50 people in the basement, all of whom are Hamas uh, plotting and planning their next attack. But there's two people praying upstairs. The second mosque can be destroyed. The first one cannot. Well, what do you do about the first one? Well, the, the first one has one Hamas praying amongst 24 or five non-Hamas praying. You can't destroy the mosque. You can go in there and get the guy that you know is Hamas. In the second case, they are using the, the mosque as a shield, as a mask to protect them. That shield can be destroyed. How does, you know, Israeli intelligence is supposed to be the best in the world, but obviously it isn't. They didn't pick up what was going on here. It was a massive intelligence and security failure. And, you know, I tend to believe that if they knew where Hamas was, the bombing would be more limited. But Hamas is everywhere in Gaza. I, it's their duty to know where it is. And the failure to know where it is does not justify uh, the slaughter of innocents. You know, it's interesting about what the Israelis knew and what they didn't know. Uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu, who you and I both know and who I like, but I think his days as prime minister will be over as soon as this comes. His days are numbered as prime minister. Right. His freedom may be numbered, too. But anyway, he uh, uh, has said steadfastly that the Israelis did not know this was coming and had no notice of it. Congressman uh, McFall, Mike McFall, who's the um, chair of the House Foreign Relations Committee said that uh, his committee received um, an intel briefing from uh, CIA, which assured them that Egyptian intelligence warned Israeli intelligence of what was happening. So it's inconceivable to me that the, the best intelligence agency, sometimes because it uses ferocious means, but the, the most successful in terms of acquiring uh, information about adversaries on the planet did not see what was happening. This involved the almost choreographed coordination of thousands uh, of Hamas people, land, sea, and air. And Israel didn't know about it at all. And now the Egyptians are saying we warned them. 
I don't know how, how that ends. It doesn't end well for BB. If they warned them, they wouldn't have had thousands of kids at a concert with no Israeli Defense Force there to protect them. I mean, people waited hours and hours and hours for the Israeli Defense Force to arrive. Clearly, the Israeli military was not prepared for this, and it was not guarding the people it needed to guard. These kids were unprotected, and you had innocents being slaughtered. Correct. Correct. And the Israeli leadership will uh, pay a price for it. It's almost criminal negligence, given the known animosity on the other side of that uh, barbed wire uh, fence and the proximity of these beautiful young kids celebrating this uh, religious holiday in the desert, waiting for the sun to come up. Instead of seeing the sun, they saw blood and death and horror. And what is Israel supposed to do about that? I mean, they they obviously would like to do surgical strikes, but they obviously are not capable of doing that. They're warning people, warning a million people to leave. There's nowhere for them to go. Egypt is not letting them in. Isn't this Egypt's responsibility to the Palestinians to open its border and let them in? Egypt has a moral responsibility, but no legal uh, obligation, unless there's some treaty of which I'm unaware. I doubt that there is, or we would know of it. Um, Look, the Israelis can't change international law. They can do certain things and hope uh, they get away with it. Um, Bibi will never be able to leave Israel if he's indicted by some international court, the way George W. Bush and Dick Cheney and Vladimir Putin have been. I don't think that the three of them take those indictments seriously, but it does curtail their their movements. They shouldn't have been indicted. I mean, to put George W. You know, I'm no George W. Bush fan, but I wouldn't put him in the same category as Putin for anything. Well, the indictment of George W. Bush was by a Spanish magistrate, so it's EU-wide. Uh, and it's for waging war in uh, Iraq under false pretenses, uh, so killing uh, killing of innocents. The same thing for uh, Cheney. Putin has been indicted, I think, by the ICC, International Criminal Court. Now, Russia's not a member, neither is the U.S., but I believe he's been indicted for the uh, what he calls um, special military operation, but what we call war in Ukraine. Let's talk about politics for a minute. Right now, you have a crisis going on in the world, and you have a handful, maybe more than a handful, of right-wing Republicans who are refusing to to let the House go back in session with the Speaker so that they can do something about it. What do you do about that? I don't know what you do about that, and I don't know that it's a handful. I mean, the last vote they took, I think, was 119 to 99 the more conservative slash libertarian ones wanting Jim Jordan, the more uh, moderate ones that believe they should cooperate with Democrats uh, wanting uh, Steve Scalise, who is their majority leader uh, at the moment. I think that what happened and, and, and full disclosure, some of the eight, the hardcore eight, uh, are friends of mine. So I've interviewed one of them. I interview all the time, Andy Biggs, who's their uh, intellectual uh, philosophical guru, congressman from um, Arizona. They believe that uh, Kevin McCarthy sold them out by 
uh, putting forth a continuing resolution, permission for the government to operate for a finite period of time under certain circumstances with spending levels that Mrs. Pelosi had authorized a year ago. And so they say, well, what's the value of Republicans taking over the House if we're going to do the same thing as the Democrats did when they ran the House? And that's what triggered, I believe, the uh, vote to get rid of Kevin McCarthy. The other thing that triggered it was a widespread belief that he and President Biden and Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell and um, forgetting the name of the Democratic, uh, Hakeem Jeffries, a friend of mine, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm an absent to slip of the mind for a minute, that the five of them entered into an agreement, unwritten and not publicized, uh, to provide another $28 billion in aid to Ukraine once the budgetary and speaker battles were over. Now, once that word spread amongst Republicans, more and more decided to vote against uh, McCarthy. The Ukraine war... Um, the Russians are within inches and weeks of winning. Uh, it is an incredible waste of, of uh, human life and of uh, manpower. I don't believe that it's, it affects American national security one whit. And that view is growing and growing amongst Republicans. What are the, how are they going to resolve the speakership? They'll probably resolve it with somebody we don't know, like this fellow Patrick McHenry, interesting name, um, or somebody like that who's middle of the road, but appeals to conservative and libertarians as well. Do you believe that the war in Ukraine is not deserving of our support? Correct. I do. I do. I believe it's a border dispute that's been going on since 1760, when Catherine the Great reigned over uh, Russia uh, and she captured Ukraine, and it's been going back and forth and back and forth. I believe that we fomented the coup of 2014. Uh, I believe that the uh, the Bush that you and I do like, George H.W., was serious yeah. when he prom when he promised um, uh, when he promised Mikhail Gorbachev that NATO would never move one inch farther east. Uh, and then under uh, Bill Clinton and George W., NATO began the march that's now 800 miles eastward of where it was when the Soviet Union disbanded and East Germany was liberated um, and uh, Gorbachev was deceived. So how do you blame how do you blame how do you blame Putin? I mean, what would we do if the Chinese entered into a treaty with Mexico? And they put long-range missiles in Tijuana aimed at, aimed at Miami and Dallas. We'd react the same way that Putin did. Get those missiles the hell out of there or we'll take them out. But isn't this a time where we should be rallying around? I just was watching Tony Blinken on television. He's in Qatar right now. And he was giving his support. I think he's doing a fabulous job. You probably disagree. But he was giving his support to Israel at the same time raising the humanitarian issues and asking for Qatar's cooperation in freeing the hostages. Isn't that the right thing to be doing right yes, now? Yes, yes, that is the right thing to do. But Tony Blinken also knows that Qatar's supplying weapons to Hamas. Well, they, the Hamas leadership, they host Hamas leaders in their country. I mean, they're living there and they yes. get free reign. And what yes. do we do about that? Yes. Uh, 
we'd have a hard time invading uh, Qatar. A very hard time. We have a huge, air, an enormous Air Force base there. We make a lot of money off of them. They make a lot of money off of us. We buy their oil. Uh, it would be almost inconceivable that we would invade Qatar to get Hamas leadership. Uh, let the Israelis do it. But aren't we leaving it to the Israelis? Now you're letting the Israelis... Hamas is a threat to everyone in the free world, aren't they? It, yes. But the way to aid the Israelis is with money, not with troops. Well, you, that's you, you put troops is. there, you're going to invite all kinds of problems. You're going to expand. You're going to expand a war. You're going to expose New York to being attacked. You put American troops on the ground there. But we've got American. Not not that this administration has proposed putting American troops on the ground. Do you think that's going to happen? We have American troops on the ground in Ukraine now, but they are out of uniform, which allows uh, Joe Biden to say we don't have troops on the ground. Now, um, military out of uniform, as you know, is a horrific risk because without that uniform and the identifiable uh, insignia on it, they don't have the protection of the Geneva Conventions. They can be arrested and summarily executed. Uh, but they're there, and the British have their uh, folks there as well. The British um, uh, Minister of Defense uh, last week, Prime Minister uh, Sunak, had to had to call this back in a typical British way, which I'll tell you in a minute, um, said, we're thinking of putting uh, British soldiers on the ground. Well, they have troops on the ground also out of uniform. Uh, Prime Minister Sunak said, you'll like this phrase, Susan, it's so very British. We're not going to have troops on the ground in the here and now. <laughs> here and now. What, what does, does that, that mean? mean? Next Tuesday we can do it? I mean, that's, that's a mean, British phrase, and it worked. It, it, it served as the pushback. <laughs> we linguists, what does it mean? I don't know. We linguists were... We linguists, like you and I, who, who believe that words have meaning, thank you, George Orwell, uh, were fascinated by his use of, of, that, uh, of that language. So the one thing we can agree on is uh, the world is a mess. Uh, Israel, the Israelis have the absolute right to defend themselves and to be offensive about getting rid of uh, threats to them. And there has to be a rules-based system because without a, a rules-based system, the chaos will continue to grow. Chaos breeds chaos. But that's what we have right now, don't we? I mean... We do have... We do have chaos now, but the Israelis have to be bigger, better, uh, and more morally based than their adversaries. And heretofore, they have been. They have been, and they're trying to be, but I just don't know how they do that right now in this situation. You've got 150 hostages being held. You've got innocent people being used as you know, human shields, and you've got 360,000... Israeli troops massed on the border, ready to go in. They are well, they, trying to warn people, but what do you warn people? You say, get out of northern northern Gaza and go to the south. How do you move a million people? I mean, I just well, is, B, is BB willing to give up the hostages? Because if he invades Gaza, that's what he's doing. The Israelis believe in the value of every human life. They do, and. And that should be their their priority, preventing Gaza from any more attacks and extracting the hostages, then kill the bad guys 
or cut some deal that extracts the hostages. But those who hostages, had a deal with Andrew. I don't know who you cut the deal with. That, that's why Tony Blinken's there. That's why he's the secretary of state. And I'm just a lowly commentator. I don't know who you cut the deal with. I don't think you're a lowly commentator at all. I've got to turn to the Democratic left. I was incredibly disappointed by some members of the squad who found it impossible to condemn terrorism. I'm very uh, troubled by what's going on on campuses around the country, which were, you know, these universities were the first to condemn George Floyd and that murder. Why have they not condemned the terrorists? You and I have both been on law school faculties. Uh, you and I both know that they are hotbeds of leftism. I'm not talking about old-fashioned Hubert Humphrey Democratic liberals. No, no, no. Not That's at all. Not what we're talking no, about. we're not, and we're not talking about the JFK Democrats. We're talking about hardcore lefties who have packed the law school faculties. Uh, um, they are very dangerous. If there weren't a bar exam that would force them to teach the basics. They would do nothing but teach this left-wing uh, critical race nonsense ideology uh, to all of their uh, law students. It's extremely dangerous. I can't figure out why they have migrated to the law schools. You and I have personally suffered the ostracism on faculties uh, yep. by people who wanted to have nothing to do with us just because we believed in common sense. Listen, I believe in natural rights. That put me in the same category as some of these lefties when it comes to uh, human rights trumping the needs of the government. They don't want anything to do with me because natural rights presumes the existence of a God as the author uh, of those rights. And that's antithetical uh, to their hate-filled authoritarian um, uh, ideology. You and I agree on that. I know time is short, Andrew. I just want to thank you for coming on and sharing your insights. I always enjoy listening to your podcast. Why don't you plug your podcast for a minute? Uh, I've been very fortunate with the uh, with the podcast. We've had our heavy hitters, uh, Colonel Doug McGregor and uh, Scott Ritter this week. But in the next uh, few hours, I have uh, a couple of shows. I have Phil Giraldi, ex-CIA. I then have Ask the Judge. 25,000 people start uh, emailing me questions and I just answer questions for a half an hour. I then have Jack Devine, senior management, CIA, now retired, who will give the American version uh, of all this. And then I have my Intel roundtable at four o'clock with Larry Johnson uh, and Ray McGovern. The podcast is Judging Freedom on YouTube. We draw about a million four to a million five views a yep. week. You, it's phenomenal. Judge Andrew Napolitano, thank you very much for taking the time to join me and for your interesting, controversial, thoughtful, insightful comments. Oh, thank you, Susan. Please know that I love you and tell that guy next to you that I love him. Uh, and thank Jay for all his work as well. All right. We love you, too. You have a great day and we'll be listening this afternoon. Judge Andrew Napolitano, thank you so much for joining me. You've been listening to No Holding Back with me, Susan Estridge. Tweet us at No Holding Back FM. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share the link on social media. You can sign up to receive an email when a new episode drops at our website, noholdingback.fm. 
Thank you very much for listening and I'll see you next time on No Holding Back.